Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Mandy's trying to take my hey, 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 y'all. Isn't that great, though? Look, she's on board. I feel like we both own, co-own the hey, hey, hey. Oh, really? Is or that- maybe Fat Albert does, since technically we stole it. you stole it from him. Why didn't steal it from Fat Albert? Since Fat Borrowed. Albert is a fictional character. It's true. He merely, um, he just influenced my hey, hey, hey. No, you know who influenced it? Dwayne from What's Happening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Legit. Thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> hey, guys. It's episode 11. And we have some big news. This is a yes. very exciting week. Last week, Brown Ambition, our little podcast that could, mm-hmm. made it to the iTunes new and noteworthy page, yes. which is major. Major, major. Like Victoria Beckham major. <laughs> this is a big deal. It means that you guys have been downloading, mm-hmm. you've been subscribing, you've been leaving reviews. Um, but do not stop now. Yes. We need to keep this momentum going. We want everyone to know about Brown Ambition. Exactly. So leave us some reviews. Um, we gave a great giveaway last episode to Little Miss Latoya. Yeah, did, she con- did she contact she us? She contacted us. Yes, Latoya. Latoya, it's on- the gift will be on its way soon. Okay. Um, and we maybe will host another iTunes giveaway. But um, don't let that stop you from leaving a review. Yes, please do. Because honestly, we were just like all geeked up. I don't know if you saw it. We were posting me and Mandy all over our personal social media pages. Like, whoop, whoop. We're famous now. It's exciting. It means more people can find us. Exactly. Uh, Thank you for all the love. So, buzzworthy. Um, The first thing I wanted to start with this week, since it was Halloween... Did you see Viola Davis's daughter yes, when she dressed up as? how cute. She dressed up. She said, Mommy, I don't want to be Elsa. I don't want to be Batwoman or whatever the other choices were. Uh-huh. I want to be you. That's so sweet. It is so sweet. And she was wearing, she gave her like a little fro. Like her, basically her Emmy speech outfit. Mm-hmm. Like so, a little uh, uh, um, Supergirl, my Superman, my boo, his daughter, he has a nine-year-old daughter. She was a dead prom queen. Okay. Yeah, it was. I said, okay. I just can't. How did she die? I'm not sure, but she was wearing, you know, the gray cast face and, uh, you know, gray in her hair. And I think her father loves zombie shows. So okay. I think it was a nod to his love of zombie shows. Did you take her trick-or-treating? No, but her mom did. She looked okay. super cute. She's not even a candy girl. Oh, great. So mom got that duty. Yeah. I'm like, nice. I'm gonna, I, literally, I stayed home. I did not leave the house. Mm-hmm. I ate some candy. I showed up to Rite Aid Sunday morning in an emotional state. (laughs) (laughs) And you know how like all the Halloween candies, like 75% off. I was like, I will take that one and that one and that one. I'm not going to lie. When she was downstairs, I snuck upstairs and I saw her bag on the bed. (gasps) 
And I said, I'm just going to take a pick and I ate it all. No, I didn't eat all of it, but I had all the chocolate. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's like the mommy, like the stepmommy share. I know you're not an official yeah. stepmom, but you know what I mean. Yes. No, it's, I mean, literally I ate all of the chocolate. She didn't even notice. It's a text. Like, yeah. I was just like, you know, I want to make sure it's not poison. I'd rather take the poison and ingest it. That's true. Yeah. Some kids found needles in their Snickers. Like, that actually happens. No. I remember when I was a kid, it was like people found razor blades. Yeah. Someone stuck, like, sewing needles into Snickers, like, mint fun-sized candy bars what? this year. In New York, of all places. Can't Ugh. trust anybody. My kids are not going to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> um, no, I, I stayed my, my butt at home and did nothing. So, happy Halloween, all you... All you fools. Um, and that blackface, we saw you. And that's why yes. you got dragged. Our message we our message did not reach everyone in America. Yes. There were a couple of blackfaces out there. Yeah. But then a couple of, like, I saw this really hilarious. Um, so apparently coming to America was, like, the thing for Halloween yeah, this year. Beyonce that. and Jay-Z were coming to oh, America. Really? Yeah. And um, But there was this whole, like, I don't know if they were a family, but it was, like, 10 white people. Like, they were all different cast members. Mm-hmm. No blackface. They just wore the outfits. Go and you, figure. And you could tell Everyone got it. Yes. There was another little boy I was talking to you about earlier who dressed up as Malcolm X. He was a little white boy. That's hilarious. He had the glasses, the suit, no blackface. And I just thought that was so cute. Did he know who he was? Yes, he chose. So I would be Malcolm X. And I said, oh, well, okay, look at that. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for those parents. <laughs> Okay. Um. What next? What's up? What else is buzzing? I saw this article um, in my favorite magazine ever, the only magazine I actually subscribe to, New York Magazine. Okay. Um, and it talked about how we need more older women in the office. Yes. And just in careers in general. And I was thinking, like, as I was sitting there, I'm like, let me think of older. And I'm thinking older is, like, past 50, mm-hmm. maybe past 40, although that's not so old. Yeah, please, don't and do that. And there aren't any in my, um, where I work. Really? Like, in my area, no, there's no older women. And I'm, like, trying to – I'm even trying to think back to my last couple of jobs. Mm-hmm. Definitely when I was at my – I worked at a startup, my last job, and That's it was all it. 20-somethings. Like, mm-hmm. someone had a baby right when I quit, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, my God, the first baby. We were mm-hmm. all kind of growing up. Um, and the the point that the writer makes is the fact that women, young women especially – need to see examples of what it looks like to juggle a career. And if you have a family, a family, mm-hmm. when you're in your 40s and 50s, um, and, you know, not to be sexist, but, um, you know, I think it's helpful and beneficial for a young person to be able to look to an example of like, oh, she is doing, she's leaving at 6 p.m. every day no matter what. She's mm-hmm. setting aside her priorities, and she's still getting shit done around the office. Exactly. And plus, too, I think with a teacher, because I was really fortunate in that I've had older women around me. I was a school teacher, so, you know, it's just nothing but women for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I used to get such great advice from the older women, and most of them had kids. So they would just give me good advice about, you know, doing what I wanted to do now before the kids came. I remember one woman in particular, she changed the trajectory of my career. I was, I think like 19 or 20, I was working or I had an internship at this corporate office. And I remember trying to decide whether or not I should stay with them. Even though I didn't like the job, but they were offering me a lot of money after college, like $50,000 a year, which is huge money for a 19, 20 year old. And then, but I really wanted to teach. So I was kind of juggling like, oh, teach, make 30 something corporate place, make 50-something. And she pulled me into the office and said, I heard they made you an offer. And I said, yes. She said, this is a black older woman, and she said, if you take that offer, you are beep damn fool. And Uh, I said, oh! Why? What was her reasoning? (laughs) Because, quite honestly, she said, she said, take a look around you. Do you see how they treat? Because it really was not the best 
place to work for a person of color. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone of color seemed to be de- demoted. Um, there was really, there just was nobody in, like, higher positions for people of color. It just was not, like, the, the best place. And I knew that. My energy, my spirit, everything said, this is not a good place for you, Tiffany. But I was just thinking, ah, the money's good. Yeah. And, so, and they had that perspective. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I've been here long enough to know. And I was just so glad I listened to her. I instead went on to teach, and then teaching led to me being the budgetista, led to me to being on Brown Ambition. So here we are. You know, we're going to talk about mentors later in the show, yeah. and how to how to find a mentor the right way. Yes. Um, but I think this kind of ties into why, for now, in the past, I don't know. It seems like in the past few years, mentorship has become so huge, and mm-hmm. I feel like women, especially, are so hungry for mentors mm-hmm. because we don't have. Like, like this article points out, like an older, sage, wise woman in the office. And not just like we need to have just one. Mm-hmm. You know, we need many, like multiple. Like we need women who maybe aren't, you know, work all the time and chose not to have kids. Women who have kids and, and work some of the time. Mm-hmm. Like different examples. Women who went on maternity leave and came back and some who didn't come back. And maybe they're working, you know, remotely some days of the week. We need very, like, diverse examples exactly. of what it's like to be older as a woman. Yeah, it's true. I always have questions. I'm always like, well, so what does this look like? But what if I make this choice? Or what if, you know, because even, I mean, now with growing my own business, entrepreneurship and relationships, sometimes I just want like a a romantic relationship mentor. Like, well, how are you managing with your husband? Because you travel a lot and I travel Mm -hmm. a lot. So how does that look like, you know? How do you, you know, if I have a kid, what happens to that? Like, are your kids mad that you're always on a plane, you know? And so it's like, I've got questions. And no answers. Yeah. So how do we fix this? How do you get more women to stay around? I mean, part of the problem um, is the fact that women, you know, tend to not get promoted as readily as men. Mm-hmm. And then also, just realistically, a lot of women, not a lot, I mean, I don't know the exact statistic, but mm-hmm. you have to factor in the fact that some women scale back as they go through their mm-hmm. career. And they, you know, scale back for legitimate reasons because they, you know, it's a lot if mm-hmm. you choose to have kids to juggle that and do a good job and then also kick ass and be promoted. Like maybe you don't want to be the boss having to work 24 mm-hmm. seven, be on email all the time when you have kids at home, mm-hmm. like, and no one can fault them for that. Um, and that's why, again, I feel like we need diverse examples, like women who choose that path and women who choose other paths. Um, but yeah. So we're going to talk to you really about how do you find someone to say yes oh to? Oh my God. Wait for our, oh, wait, what? I said yes to? No. How do you, like, that's going to be our, like our tip at the end. Like, oh how yeah. Someone- mentors. How to find a good mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How to get someone to say yes. Mm -hmm. Any good other other buzzwords for for today? Um, I have one more I want to talk about. I love how it's like my job to find the buzzwords. I know, I'm the worst. Tiffany, Honestly. bring some buzzwords. <laughs> my brown break is when Tiffany shows up and has no ideas for oh what we're going to talk about. It's been, a, it's been a hard week. Listen. I, I know, I know, I know. Mandy is I'm right. going to make, for every time you go on Instagram, you have to read one article. <laughs> oh, God. You can read some headlines. Okay. <laughs> That's my chastising for today. We like, brown shamed her. <laughs> I still love you. Couldn't do the show without I, you. I was just looking like, ooh, I hope Mandy doesn't notice I don't have any <laughs> <laughs> I have one more I want to talk about. So something that was really important to me as a person, because I wasn't like, I don't feel like I was a mature person. Not that anyone is when they're 18, but mm-hmm. when I went to college, 
um, I didn't really have a mature view of the world. Mm -hmm. I never knew gay people. I had never met anyone really of a different religious faith than me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just, you know, I grew up in the South. And even though I was open to new experiences and so very, I think at a young age, pretty liberal, um, I didn't, I wasn't, didn't have access to very diverse groups of people Mm -hmm. and I was hungry for it. So when I got to college, everyone's talking about study abroad. Mm -hmm. You know, are you going to go, you know, oh, going to go to con for the con festival with my, you know, with my journalism program. Are you going to go to Spain for a semester? abroad. You know, mm-hmm. some people spent a whole year abroad. And I was like, yes, absolutely want to do that. And then I looked and it's like thousands and mm-hmm. thousands of dollars. And I shut it down immediately. And that's what a lot of people do if you're from poor backgrounds, which, you know, obviously a lot of minorities fall into that category. And there's this group called the Council on International Educational Exchange. And they're trying to make it less of a barrier financially for minorities to study abroad, Yeah, which I think is so important. For me, the only reason I studied abroad um, when I was 18, it's because I found like a very obscure scholarship. Okay. It was like, I think, and I wrote an essay and I had to keep emailing them. Like, did you get my essay? Did you get my essay? Um, and they gave me $2,000, which was just enough. And it was like down to the wire. I wanted to go to Argentina okay. um, for the summer. And I got this $2,000 scholarship, which pretty much paid for airfare and paid the fees for my, my homestay. Okay. And that was the only reason I got to go to Argentina. I mean, I didn't have, I certainly couldn't save enough working part-time while in school my first year to, to study abroad. and uh, Well, that was good, because you're right. I wanted to study abroad, but I'm like, where? Houseway. Where's mm-hmm. the money coming from? Kids take out student loans for this. Really? Oh, yeah. I've ta- I, mean, I talked to them. They're like, oh, I have this much debt. I'm like, well, you say tuition at, at, you know costs this much a year, but that yet you have twice as much, so what's the story here? They're like, oh, yeah, I studied abroad for two years. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, I think that's stupid to take student loans out for student study abroad. But at the same time... But there are programs that are kind of like trying to like one of my friends has this uh, organization called Traveling Mad. Her name is Madeline, mm-hmm. and she was born and raised in Newark, Brick City. Stand up, woo woo. For those of you familiar with Newark, it's similar to like a Compton, Detroit, that kind of thing. And you know, here in Madeline was a little brown girl from Newark, and she got her um, her master's degree, I believe, in Paris, and that's where she went to school. Okay. And so she, because she knew she really wanted to, you know, live somewhere else and study abroad, and. So now she started traveling mad to take kids, especially from Newark, who've never been anywhere, never had had a passport, to take them to other countries for a few weeks. So she just, last year, she successfully successfully took between 10 and 20 kids from Newark to London and did oh, like wow. an exchange program. Yeah, it was just so great. And I'm just like, wow. So these high school kids got to go to London. It's got so to, important to yeah. see. And this is where I was going with that, that whole stupid anecdote about my gay high school boyfriend and like how I wasn't a mature adult. Because I feel like it wasn't until I went to Argentina when I was 18 when I when I lived in like a kind of poor neighborhood and I, you know, I, I volunteered at a prison at one point. <laughs> I didn't understand all the Spanish, so I didn't know I was a prison. They were like alcoholics or something. Um, and it really like changed my worldview. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not just like little things too. I didn't eat vegetables before I moved to Argentina. Really? Like I didn't like tomatoes. I didn't like le- onions, lettuce, like nothing. I like ate potatoes and corn. Wow. And then I went to Argentina and you have a family preparing you a meal for, you know, a, out of their own goodwill and heart. You can't not and eat And you it. can't not eat it. And then I just, you know, my entire, my entire like view of food changed. Yeah. And now I eat everything. And it's like a, and it was just, it was a very crucial sort of like nothing I could have learned in a classroom experience. For sure. Travel is critical. Yeah. So, yay. Um, and just so you know, this group, again, is called Council on International Educational Exchange. They are giving $20 million in scholarships over the next five years to uh, people of color wanting to study abroad. And What's their free website? passwords. It is 
www.cieee.org. C-I-E-E. 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 Yay. And by the way, when I, um, just a real quick note on traveling, we can talk, maybe we should bring this up another time, but like when I graduated college, I turned down a job and I went to travel for six months. And when I came back without having any job experience, the number one thing people wanted to talk about was that trip I went on. Mm. Like I put it on my resume that I had been traveling and like, I mean, I was working kind of abroad. Um, But it's just, it's like the kind of experience that job, um, like hiring managers want you want to see in someone. And like want to see, yeah. So I feel like it helped me that. All right, brown break, brown break. BB, do you want to go first? Yes. Did you come with a brown break at least? I did. Okay. (laughs) So my brown break is actually kind of serious. Y'all know to me to meet it. Y'all know me to be a little bit silly, just a little bit. But honestly, this is a serious one. Um, I want to br- take a brown break from victim shaming. So victim shaming is basically when something happens to someone and instead of saying, hey, person who attacked said victim, we are instead going to blame the victim and say, well, what could you have done differently not to be raped? Or what could you have done differently not to be um, persecuted, or what could you have done differently not to be, you know, abused or just like attacked? It just seems ridiculous, right? So you think to yourself, well, that just seems crazy, but we do it over and over. Like uh, the young woman who we all saw, I'm sure, if you have not seen it, then you are not on social media or don't watch the news or just don't have TV mm-hmm. or live in 1985. Um, that the young girl who was uh, in middle school, not middle school, elementary school. No, it was middle school. It was middle school? She was 14. She was 14, okay. She uh, was in her classroom, and I guess she wasn't participating. The teacher called a security person, um, and he came to the classroom, and you see him, I guess, speak to her, and then you see him like kind of put her in a headlock and then flip her chair over, and it's then- a very disturbing video. Yes, throw her across the room- and then, like... Drag her. Drag her. And then you see, I guess, there's the students describe that he's now putting her hands behind her back. Like, this is, like, literally the girl's, like, hmm, maybe five, six, like, 110 pounds. And this guy's a power lifter, like, two-something, mm-hmm. 300 pounds, huge. And so many people... Of course, you know, there's outrage against this huge man attacking this girl. But what really surprised me and disappointed me where so many people were like, well, these these kids today, they got to learn to respect folks. Mm-hmm. These kids today, are you are you kidding me? I like if you were physically here and I don't even get violent. I just would like would like to just mush you in the face. <laughs> what does that even mean? Mush you. Right? Like, you know, like the old school mush like you do to your little sister when they're all in your business. Like just just mush you in the face because how foolish do you sound? To say that somehow a 14-year-old is big enough or intimidating enough to require a man that is nearly 300 pounds and power lifts 600 pounds, that it would require him to throw her across the room, flip her desk over, and just treat her like a rag doll. And it, just the fact that the other students didn't seem even as shocked because this is a person who was known for his violence against the students. And then to say somehow these kids today need to be respectful. Not that it should matter, but that girl apparently has lost both her grandmother and her mother in the last year. 
And she was not participating because she is in a state of deep depression, as we all would be, and she's in a foster home. Not that that should matter, but because I was a teacher, quite honestly, for 10 years. I've had kids spit literally in my face, like hawk spit. That's when you go in my face. In my face. sound effect. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've actually had a child, too, use his head against me as a weapon. They used to teach us this hold when, like, a little one was, like, really, like, um, like about to hurt himself, that you would basically give them a bear hug from behind and just kind of subdue them. He would wait until he was calm and trick me, and then this little boy would use his head and throw his head back into my chin. And one time I nearly blacked out mm-hmm. and still didn't throw him. And so it is possible to deal with children and know that sometimes kids come with their issues and not abuse them. And it's just so crazy to me that someone would look at that and say, well, what did she do? I don't care what she did. She's not like common. Yeah. Victim shaming. I mean, victim blaming. It's, um, I mean, this, and especially when it comes to young black Mm -hmm. or brown kids. I mean, remember that, um, the pool party in Texas where those kids were like, you know, the cops were called for some reason or another. And then there was all, there was this one young woman. She was about the same age as this girl too, about 14. And she, you know, was talking back to the cop and then he dragged her and put her on the ground and like was being forceful with her. And then there, I mean, I think in that situation, like, we would never, the, the question is when you, when people are afraid of being blamed for what they've done, like, the question is, like, would they ever report mistreatment? Mm-hmm. Like, if there were, if these kids in this classroom or at this poll party hadn't taken cell phone videos yep. and had this evidence, would these girls feel, you know, or would people believe them when they spoke up for themselves? Likely not. That's the sad part. Um, it's not that this stuff is happening more frequently, these attacks on brown people in general, black people, young people, old. Um, but the fact that we have evidence now and people are taking it, you have yes. to take it seriously. You can't look at that like, video oh, and ignore you know, it. He's not, and the, you know, so crazy and ridiculous when they said, like, oh, he has a African-American girlfriend. Who gives a... Been, First of all, the flying, mm. I saw I met, I saw the best comment. Someone said, "If having sex with a woman of color cured you of your racism, then Thomas Jefferson would have would have freed the slaves." Mm. So, what does that even mean? He's having sex with a black woman that makes him not. It means nothing. Yeah, because honestly, let's be real. Like everybody knows Terry Crews, right? Terry Crews is like this huge black guy who. He like what's the movies that he's in? He oh everybody hates Chris. Is he he's, on Brooklyn Nine Nine? I think so. He's also the father on Everybody Hates Chris. He's huge. He's muscular. You must watch his lip sync battle performance. Uh, Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa, what's her face? A thousand miles. Oh yeah, yes, really he's good. hilarious. <laughs> so Terry Crews, huge black dude. Imagine Terry Crews throwing uh, Dakota Fanning, like the little girl from. Um, Mm-hmm. Right. Or just anybody. Taylor, not even Taylor Swift. Like, I'm thinking of, like, one of these little, like... A good breeze would throw Taylor Swift. Right? Like, uh, Ariana Grande. All these little girls <laughs> yeah. like, love Ariana Grande. Right? Just imagine him throwing her. They would be mm-hmm. up... They would... It, he would be in jail right now. Because it would be so much upward. <gasps> How dare he? So don't tell me it's not about race. Because if, it, if the shoe was on the other foot... There would be this rage of how dare someone mm-hmm. do this to this girl. But instead, it's, you know, what does she do to deserve it? She must have sassed him. Like, I don't know. I'm just so it's sick of it. Fair. And you know what? Black women especially are, throughout history, I mean, let's not get too deep into it, but let's just be real. I mean, mm-hmm. black women are more likely to be abused than um, other women in general. Yeah. I mean, by, by police by the financial system, by pretty much every establishment mm-hmm. in the country. I was just, and this sort of ties into it too, there was this, and especially about the fact that the black female body has been abused in so many different mm-hmm. ways, over-sexualized, uh, 
you know, physically abused for so long without any repercussions for those who have been doing it. There was this cop that who's just starting the trial now, although it happened a year ago, he was found to have sexually assaulted eight black women who lived in this all this one neighborhood. Mm. I forget I forget exactly where it was. Um, but the only reason he was caught, he was he was he was patrolling a low income kind of area. And the only reason he got caught was because a woman who was returning from like a book club or something or a cooking club with some of her friends who was middle class and educated. um, And, you know, he stopped her and she didn't, unlike the other women he'd been stopping who had like prior arrests, drug Mm. convictions, you know, stuff that he could hold over their head. She didn't have any of that. So she called the cops on him. Mm. And that's the only reason because she felt... um, she felt empowered enough to speak yeah. up. And so often women of color don't feel that empowered. And it's sad because it was going, how long could that have gone on? Exactly, without forever. People because you choose, you know, he was so careful to choose women that he knew that felt powerless. Then it's like his word. And oh my God, you read the article. Um, I, BuzzFeed did a really cool, a really good in-depth article on it. Mm-hmm. At the very end, they put in this quote from an attorney who's like, you know, these are people who have um, drug convictions and prostitution. And like, you're going to believe them over him. That's literally that- what he was saying and that's what drives me nuts because they're basically like he can get away with it because he's choosing people who you know people will never believe their word against me an upstanding white man's word yeah and it's just so crazy it's just i'm just so sick of it it's just you know ever since i mean just even recently ever ever since just like talking about the over sexualization of black women in their bodies i mean you know, I speak professionally, and there I've I've been in locations where someone has said to me, "Wow, Tim, your behind is so big." I'm like, "How? How is that appropriate conversation?" I'm about to come up here, and you've hired me to come speak. Like, what does that even mean? Or just like, I'm always like, I always think to myself, like, "Oh, like there's nothing I can do. I'm just built a certain way." But I'm always so self conscious about covering up, covering up. This kind of ties into my brown break. Okay. Yes. Um, I wanted to talk about, and Tiffany and I talk about it too, like how do you dress for success when you're a woman of color and you have assets and a body type Mm -hmm. that, you know, clothes don't fit you. They don't fit you like everyone else. Um, And if you wear something tight, you can be seen as being sexy Mm -hmm. when you're just trying to look good for work. Mm -hmm. Um, So my brown break this week is actually dress codes. Mm -hmm. This is at like the high school, middle school, elementary school level. I saw this post that's kind of going viral. This young girl, she's white. Um, from the school, I think in Texas. Yay, Texas again. Right. <laughs> I'll check on that. But I'm just like, one more reason to hate Texas. <laughs> sorry, Texans. <sighs> I'm not sorry. Um, so this girl, she posts this outfit. She's wearing like a three-quarter length shirt covered up to the collar. It's not even a cute outfit. I mean, I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> and like a black and white striped shirt completely covered up, baggy too. And then like a, it would be on a normal, like uh, you know, average height girl, a knee length khaki skirt. And on her, because she's very tall, it comes up a couple inches above her knee. Apparently she was walking down the hallway and an administrator or just another teacher stops her and makes her, basically tells her to go home and change. I think she ended up getting suspended too. And this girl wrote like a really badass um, Facebook post. She said, yes, I am a woman. I'm a woman with thighs, a butt, and a brain. I am bigger than, oh, this high school is called Beaufort High School. All of us are. Maybe instead of worrying about my skirt, the school should take notice of its incompetent employees and sexist leaders. Wow. I'm sure they're going to love her at school tomorrow. Right. But I can't help but think of the fact that, so dress codes are hot, like a very, like a hot debated topic, I feel like, in the school, if you're a parent or you're, you know, you study education in any way, because research has shown that um, when you're talking about enforcement of dress codes, mm-hmm. who do you think gets uh, punished more? Girls, of course. But like white girls or brown girls? I'm assuming brown girls. Definitely. all that base. 
all that base. Because there's just certain things it's like, oh, your body, I just, I can't help the fact that I have a behind. Like, I've literally been like, all right, if I get a size 14, which is ginormous, I can cover my butt. But then it doesn't fit anyplace else. And if I wear my size, it's like, well, sheesh, look at that behind. And you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do? And there's no, like... There's no, like, nationwide data on how people are punished, how young people are punished. But there's one example in Cal- in North Carolina. For a 2008-2009 academic year, black students in North Carolina were suspended at rates significantly higher than white students, eight times higher for cell phone use, six times higher than white kids for dress code violations. Um, I think this is for both uh, men and or girls and boys. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like... The fact that women, black women, are just already seen as like hypersexual mm-hmm. creatures, like oh, when a when a young girl starts developing, it's like her breasts are dangerous. Mm-hmm. A brown girl's breasts are dangerous, and you know, you're Latina, you're black, you have hips and thighs. Like that's just part of the package, mm-hmm. you know. Um, for not everybody, obviously, but for a lot of you, and mm-hmm. it's it's hard being young when you have these like restrictive dress codes telling yeah. you what to wear. So I feel you. And for people trying to dress for work, I don't know, it takes a while. How old am I? 28, and I'm still trying to figure out, like, oh, my God, the other day I was walking, I was wearing a skirt, and my boyfriend happened. We just, like, happened to be on the same train. He was behind me, Mm -hmm. and I get a call from him. He's like, babe, I can see your underwear because my skirt was higher in the back, Uh and I didn't realize it had been hiked up from when I was sitting down, and I'm like, oh. (laughs) Because it looked right in the front. Yes. I remember the first time I I realized I had a butt. I had to be, like, 14. I used to play on the tennis team. So here I was, a little chocolate chip amongst all this vanilla. And I mean, honestly, I loved it. We had a good time. And then I remember, like, I was wearing my tennis skirt. You know, tennis skirts are short, but you wear these little, like, tennis shorts underneath them. Mm -hmm. And, like, the girls on the tennis team were like, Tiffany, like, she was, like, pulling down the skirt from the back. She's like, your skirt is, like, up in the back. And it took her a minute to realize, that's your butt. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, you told that story before. (laughs) What'd you say? I said, you told that story before. Yeah, and I was just like, ugh. That was when I first realized, like, I'm built different. (laughs) Oh, the school's in South Carolina. Sorry, Texas. You're off the hook. Mm -hmm. For now. I'm sure, well, let me stop. I'll let Mandy The Carolinas are good in that. Wasn't that um, the story of the girl who was thrown by the officer wasn't in South Carolina? I believe so. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're taking mm-hmm. a break from y'all. We need a break from dress codes. Maybe South Carolina in total. And also victim shaming. Yes. You know who you are. Let's support yeah. each other. Tips. Tips. Wait, let's do it again. Life. Wait, okay. One, Wait. two. We're going to harmonize. Okay. I'll do soprano. I'll do whatever I just did. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, ready, go. Tips. <laughs> Switch it up on we're you. Gonna, what, exactly. What did you do? Oh, mixtape. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Many times I'm bored, but we're going to mm. do the next. I like karaoke. <laughs> I know my limitations. <laughs> know your weaknesses. Not me. I'm going for it. I'm going to make microphone check. One, <gasps> two, one, two. I'm going to try not to get angry about these tips. Okay. Um, this topic, which is how to find a mentor, how to secure a mentor. Yes. It sounds like catching a fish or yes. like trying to hunt something down. Because some, and I'm especially thinking about girls now. Um, having like being in a place now where people are asking me for advice mm-hmm. and like they come up to you with this glint in their eye, like yes. I want to collect you, yes, or I want you to make me, or the like, weirdest, like, give me pick, a career. Can I pick your brain? I'm like picking yeah. sounds terrible. So mentors are important, yes, especially where we're just talking about how there's not enough older women, like established career women around the office, maybe. So you need to reach out to other people, like you need for us, like a Lynette Calfani Cox, yes, or a Gail Perry Mason, who I just met. She's the one, she's the author of like the girl. Get Your Credit Straight, Girl, Get Your Money Right books. She's yeah. totally dope. One of the first, first women of color to actually talk to other women of color about money and write a book about it and be a bestseller. 
So the problem is there's not enough of these people to go around. Yes. And everyone wants and needs and should be looking for someone to mentor, quote unquote, them. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about, for me, like first to talk about the defin- definition of mentorship. I don't think that you should, I feel like you should adjust your expectations before you look for a mentor, especially yes. now. Everyone is so busy. I feel like an email once a month is a lot. I mean, and I feel like when you're asking for advice, you should always keep that in mind. It depends on your relationship with someone too. Yeah. If it's someone that you work with every day, that's a little bit easier. Yeah, Obviously, you'll is. see them. But you need to look at who the person you're talking to and who you're trying to reach. Look at who they are, and you can pretty much get a good idea of how busy they exactly. might be. And then tailor how often you're bombarding them with questions around that. And you know, Tim Ferriss of um, Four Week, the Four Hour Work Week fame, right. right? So he has this actually really great post about how. He got Jack Canfield, the guy who does the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, mm-hmm. how he got him to be a mentor. They talk once a year, mm-hmm. once a year, but Jack gives him his entire life. And he said what he did was he met Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield's like, oh, if you ever have any questions, whatever, make sure you call me, email me. And, you know, everyone says that. They don't mean it. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. They don't mean <laughs> it. And so he, Tim Ferriss said it took him like a year or six months, something like that, to figure out the perfect question to ask Jack because he oh. knew... That he'd, if he asked him a question that he could Google or get the answer from from someone else, then that would be like his last time to kind of like connect with him. So he said it took him months on months on months to find a question that only Mr. Canfield himself could answer. So one, it would show that, that Tim had done the research. Two, that he respected his time. And three, that he was insightful and that he could be poured into. And so he came up with this question. Jack loved it, answered him, went above and beyond. And the next time they spoke was like a year later. But now you I want to know the question. I know, right? That's such a good lesson, though. That's true. You should really think. Yes. It's kind of like when you, I, I hate filling out job applications. We have to write a new, when you have to write a new, like, um, missions, what's it called? Cover letter mm-hmm. each time. And you really have to tailor it to the job that yes. you want and to the specific, yes. try and figure out exactly who you're talking to. Yeah, that's because that obviously it shows that you really take time yeah. and care. Because if you reach out, like, so I get a lot of, like, young girls that reach out to me and they're like, hey, Miss Janisa, I'd love, you know, to ask you this question. The young girls, I don't mind because y'all don't know no better. So you're like, you know, 19, 18, whatever. But then when I get someone who's a little bit older, like once you pass your mid-20s, I'm like, okay, I want you to be just a little bit more mindful. But if you ask me a question that it's like an obvious, a quick surveillance of my website that I don't do, mm-hmm. or a question that literally is something that you could Google, it seems like like you're not even willing to put the effort in, but then you want me to pour into you. So you might ask me a question like, hey... Um, how much do speakers get paid or something like that? I'm like, that's a quick Google. Now, if you were to say, hey, Tiffany, you know, I'm really going into, I want to start teaching financial education and I live in Detroit. Um, I see that you started off with, you know, nonprofits. Did you feel that that was the best way to begin? Something like that. Now you have my attention. Now I'm like, okay, I can give you a specific answer because you might not get because, you know, you might be number, I don't know, sometimes I get like 20 or 30 people a day asking me, you know, a question. So you can't keep coming back to the well. I, I can't allow for that. So if you wasted your question on something you can Google, well. <laughs> you have <they> one <laughs> question. Y'all better be careful with it. You only get one question. No, that's not what it is. It's just that, like, when people show thoughtfulness, it, it makes me want to give more. 
I've never really been one to like look for a mentor. Mm -hmm. I've asked people for advice, but I don't even put that pressure on someone in my own head to think they're my mentor. They're going to help me. I have a bunch of different people I've asked advice, not just women, but men Mm -hmm. too. And I talked about that before. It's important to have male mentors. You want to know what they're making. So as you know, almost more than maybe a woman, or at least know what a man and a woman are making. So you can compare and see if something's going on there. You should pay attention to. I think it's important to look for mentors who are not always just like you. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Maybe not, you know, if you're obviously, and then this is just a thing, like when you're brown and you see the other brown person in the office, maybe you gravitate toward them for a certain way, but I don't think that you should limit yourself in that way either. And don't look only for, you know, if you're Latina, only look for Latina woman mentor Mm -hmm. um, or only look for a black mentor if you're black. Like, I think that's important, but you need other perspectives too. And just know that being a mentor, mentee, it's a give, like a give and take, meaning that what do you bring to the table? So you should have accomplished something like whatever question you're asking, let's say. And, and I just had someone come to me actually for a while and I talked to her for a long time because I ramble. Mm-hmm. But um, she wanted to know about and she had a question about she she wanted to get promoted, but she didn't feel like it was going to be happening. Um, and I was like, well, you know, have you been keeping track of what you've been doing the past mm-hmm. year? Do you have an exact idea of what job you want? She's working for a startup. So mm-hmm. the, the job she could promote it to doesn't really exist yet. Mm. And she's like, yeah, no, I haven't really thought about it. I'm like, well, you have to have a, some sort of a plan mm-hmm. before. Like, how can I help you? Like, you know, I feel like the question shouldn't have been like, how do I get promoted? It should have been like, how do I figure out what's the job that I want to do mm-hmm. that I can pitch to them? Or how do I, what's the right way to bring up all the things I've done in the past year when I'm building my case for a promotion? Um, and that would have been a much more like efficient Useful, use of yeah. time. And also, too, it's like do the work. Like I love you. Like you, if you're asking me, like how do I take the first step? I'm like, oh boy, you, you're not Figure really it serious. Out on your yeah, own. you have to do the work. Like do the first five to ten steps on your own. And when you literally have no other steps to take, that's when you're like, okay, now I can ask. Because then when you come to me or you come to Mandy or you come to somebody that you have a question from, you can say. Look at all the work that I've done. I'm fully invested in this new project or whatever it is I'm trying to do. I just don't know where to go next. Now, that's an easy direct versus like, how do you start a business? What does that oh even mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what the biggest question I get now is? How do you start a podcast? It's just like... I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I just went to a conference and I signed up to tell people how to start a podcast. So I blame myself for this. Um, but now I'm like, I'm, I'm, and I, and I, if anyone's listening from that, po- that conference, I'm preparing that tip sheet as we speak. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's only been three weeks. I'm late. I know. But um, yeah, it's such a broad question. And the way that I found out was www.google.com. And you know, Google, did you know Google is free? It is. What? They Maybe. don't even charge you. What? For free. Google. There's no libraries. You don't need a library card. Exactly. You Google need a is free. You, you can do Google on the train, on the plane. Yeah. Words are hard, I know. <laughs> reading is difficult. Even I'm like reading these. A lot of the stuff I've done with my, this is, I don't read directions in general. So during this podcast and learning how to edit and learning what equipment I needed, I just skimmed and I was just like, I'll just buy this thing and hope it's right. Um, so I did like that groundwork myself and the kind of questions I'm asking, like we are part of this really secret, like financial kind of group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I never want to ask a dumb question in that group. Mm-hmm. I want to ask a very specific question. People can answer question, answer, you know, and answer in a way that'll make them look smart. Yeah. People like you to ask questions that only they could know that makes yeah. them look good, you know? And so I waited to have really specific questions about the, the, inner workings of a podcast, like specific things like, you know, did you use this platform to edit? Not how do you edit? Yeah. Like, what did you think of this certain platform? What do you think of this certain? Because it shows you're doing some of the work. 
oh yeah, hella. And, and, and I feel like with any big thing like that, you should always do the work yourself. I mean, no one's going to walk you through. No one has time to walk yeah. you through every step. No one has time. It's just... It's, and you shouldn't feel... Um, you shouldn't get let down when people aren't sitting down with you for two hours yeah. to tell you how. Because, how dot, dot, yeah. Dot. And I, I get it because, I mean, I'm sure, Mandy, you've done that before because I know I've made the mistake of, like, asking for too much, you know, when I first started out. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, okay. So now I don't... You know, I really do the work. I Google, I YouTube, I... I do as much as I can, and then when I'm at the end of my rope, and then I'm like, okay, I just don't get it. Then I'll reach out, and then usually it's just a quick redirect, and I'm back to work again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's some tips about how you can get yourself a mentor. We have not mentioned any of our social media platforms. We're doing terrible oh, today. Oh, my bad. Yeah, so if you have a brown break, if you have some tips that you'd like for us to go over, you can tweet us at the BA Podcast at Twitter. Or email us. Brown, you guys have been emailing a lot, actually. Brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd actually just love, if you have any questions, like yeah. if you have a question that you want answered on the air, quote unquote, um, we'd love to get those from you. Yeah, you could also hit us on Facebook, Brown Ambition. So our wins, we're we wrapping up with some wins. Wins. All I, well, of course, our huge win is being on new and noteworthy. New and noteworthy. Mm-hmm. And yes, please leave reviews. Mm-hmm. We sound a little greedy. But we but want, we love it. We need it. We need it. <laughs> um, real quick, I want well I can I can give myself a win. Representing Brown Ambition, I was interviewed on Stacking Benjamin's podcast yes, this past that's week, huge. which is a huge podcast. Yeah. yeah. Super. So hi, Joe Money. Thanks for having us on. And you guys should definitely check out his podcast, you know, after you download ours, of course. <laughs> um, it's called Stacking Benjamins, and he does a lot of, like, great uh, personal finance investing advice. And sometimes he has great guests on, mm-hmm. including yours truly. I'm trying to think what other wins. We had a win uh, submission from a reader, which we love. Yes. This reader's name is Tiffany, I think. So two oh. Um, she called out a young woman, a youth entrepreneur from New Jersey, yes. I think. Go Jersey. Yep, Jersey stand Her out. name is Essence Moore. Yes. As a teenager, she, as a teen, I don't know how, exactly how old she is. How old is she? She's really young. She's like young teen, not like, like 18. Like, oh, man. Yeah, like 14, So she 15. owns, she owns a company called Essence Couture um, and Essence Couture University and Essence Couture Publishing. What? What? Um, it's, uh, she, what? Wait. She released a book called Sixth Grade Middle School Chronicles. Wow. This girl is busy. I thought she owned a spa. Am I she does. Is she this, does. Oh, my gosh. She Wait. also owns a spa. I didn't even know about the other stuff. And on the, she's a teen mogul. Okay, no wonder. Yes. Jeez Louise. Wait, she's only 16 years old. Wow. So she owns a spa in Passaic, um, New Jersey. So it's Essence Couture Spa and Boutique. 71 Market Street, Passaic, New Jersey. So she started it for teens and tweens. How dope is that? Wait, I can't even handle her about me. Hold on. It says, teenpreneur, teenpreneur, children, tweens, and teen stylist, fashion designer, actress, motivational speaker, and author, Essence Moore, (laughs) has been in various fashion shows, pageants, and karate tournaments. Yes! This is so cute. Come through, Essence! This is adorable. I'm going to need you, Essence, though, to pick a lane. No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, I mean, I feel like this was how I was when I was in college. I was literally in every single extra. So she's still trying to figure it out. No, I think I think this is exciting. Yeah. I wish, and I think this is like the part when you're when the time in your life when you're so young and energetic. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna try every single thing, and I don't want to just be pinned down to one thing. Yeah, and I think this is just so great because honestly, when I was 14, I was still trying to figure out. Which hairstyle works best for my face? <laughs> when I was 14, I was trying to figure out why my hair would not do what Lizzie McGuire's did. Yeah, I gave up when I was 10. I was still trying to have white girl hair when I was 14. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, wow. When I was 14. I had a baby fro. 
You did? Oh. Well, you know I was a hot mess. <laughs> I had the most, listen, I know I'm segueing, but like, or going off topic, but I had the most, like, straight to my heart conversation in the bathroom last week Aww. with another mixed girl uh-huh. in my office who I've seen around, but I'd never, like, I don't know her story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's, like, black and white or whatever, but she's, we're both black and white, both had white mothers, both raised a majority of the time by the white mothers and she and I just had this like come to Jesus moment with each other we just like later we were like your mom too your mom took you to the mall and got the one black salon to do your hair when you're young and we're like I'm like I've never seen my hair natural I don't know what my whole real hair looks like and she's like me either and she's you know going through the whole transition thing and I'm transitioning and I was giving tips, and she was giving me tips. It was like... You found your sister from another mister. I did. It was nice to relate. Sorry, Essence More. I just hijacked your win. Yes, but Essence, you are a winner, chicken dinner. Overachiever. It, Keep going. Yes. I think that's... She a, needs to be my mentor. <laughs> right? Essence, can you teach me your ways? See how that sounds? That's how y'all sound. Teach me your ways. <laughs> oh, I had one more win. Oh, two more. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Since I have all the ideas. <laughs> Shade, honey. No, I'm not really like mad. I'm not. I love Tiff. Um, so real quick, you know, the Wiz is coming out, the live yes. Broadway show. Um, they're doing a they're doing like a mini documentary on Today Show, I think, going behind the scenes. Like the the Dorothy for the Wiz Live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a girl called Shanice Williams. She's from New Jersey. Yeah, I'm the Jersey girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like so cute and so sweet. I've been following her on Instagram. It's just cute to see her. Like you know, she's surrounded by all these really famous like the who's who of black entertainment. Mm. Who else is in it? Like Alfre Woodard, mm-hmm. um, the Jennifer girl. Hudson, is Uzo, she Uzo, Uzo Aduba. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, she's yeah. Nigerian. Woo woo, Niger girls, and she's Ebo. Yeah, Ebo. That's just a huge. Brown win. We need mm-hmm. to pay attention to that. I think it's coming out early December or late November. That's like it's going to be fun. Yes. And then I, you know, I told you last week I'm obsessed with Jane the Virgin. Yeah. I spent all weekend catching up and it's so good. You need to watch it. Okay. You need, when next time you get sick or something like that, just watch. Okay. So Gina Rodriguez is the main character and she has been getting flack because people say she's not Latina enough to play Latina personality or Latina character. Why? She's half Latina? She's not. She's full Puerto Rican. The thing is, she doesn't speak. 100% fluent Spanish. Okay. And people are calling her out for it. And here's the thing about it, and I can really, I can understand because my boyfriend is Dominican, mm-hmm. but he is not 100% fluent. How? Part of the reason is because when you're in a lot of uh, Latino households, the parents want their kids to speak English. Mm-hmm. And in my boyfriend's case, he was also like taking care of the household, like paying the bills for them. Mm-hmm. He would be calling Time Warner to argue okay. with the people bill. And he had to speak English. And you speak to your parents in English, and they speak back to you in Spanish. This is a modern-day mm. Latino family. And this is what Gina kind of calls out in this amazing interview with Huffington Post. She basically says, like, it doesn't get more Latina than I am. You know, I am my own version of Latina. I don't think there's any one Latina uh-huh. story, which is so true. Mm-hmm. There's no one version. There's no, like, there's no like scale of how Latino are you? Yeah. And I thought it was a win because she said it so eloquently. At the same time, it's crazy to me that we have to still tell people, explain to people that there's different there's shades one, exactly. of brown and different stories and stuff. But. Well, you Latina on, lady. All right. I think so. That's a wrap. So, number 11. You, please, please, please stay connected. The BA Podcast on Twitter. If you want to find us via email, send us a little message. Say, hey, you know, send a brown break or questions or tips or something. You can email us at 
I always forget the email. I know. I'm like <laughs> waiting for you. I'm like, I'm gonna get it right. No, this time. I'm not. I'm not. That's why I'm looking at Mandy like, hey, it's Mandy. not that hard. Um, Brown Bra- Ambition Podcast. Brown Ambition Podcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. <laughs> and Facebook at Brown Ambition. Yes. See, I always get Facebook and, and, and Twitter right. It's just that I don't, Brown That's Ambition true. Podcast at Gmail. I got it. Oh, and if you guys are listening on Stitcher or iTunes, where you can currently find us, we are coming to Google Play yes. very soon. I wish I could tell you when, but it's going to be soon. So all you Android users will be, it's good news for you guys. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you next week. Be brown. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.